Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah Yeshayahu, Introduction to Chapter 53, Part 2. In the last intro, we laid out eight basic ideas that Yeshayahu has been telling us until now that are very important for us to understand and internalize in order to understand Chapter 53. Today I'm going to go through those eight again. But this time, I'm going to go through them with the source material from Yeshayahu until now in order to fully develop the ideas and develop the support from the text for these ideas. So the first of the eight, well, I can list the eight first real quick. The f- well, no, <laughs> let's go through them one by one. The first one is the idea that the nations of the world chose to punish the people of Israel, or not so much punished, but chose to make them suffer and oppress them much more than God had in mind in the first place. And for all of these source texts, it will be impossible for me to bring everything, but I'm going to bring many. If you think of others that I missed, then that doesn't mean I neglected them. It just means that um, I... uh, I went through, you know, as much as I could, but uh, clearly there's 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 more. So first, let's look at Ishayahu Perak Test. That's chapter nine, verse eleven, where Ishayahu says as follows: um, and here he's talking about, um, I, where it says. Aram Mikedem, that the people the arm the of of from Aram, the nation of Aramea, Syria, came from the east to Plishtim, and the Philistines came Meachor from behind, meaning from the west, Vayochluat Israel and they attacked the Israelites Bicholpeh with all of their mouths. And if you recall back then we explained Bicholpeh is to emphasize that they didn't just attack like they were supposed to, but they attacked with their entire mouths, with a with a with a desire to devour them, much more than they were asked for. If we go on to Shayao Perak ten, um, the tenth chapter verses five here uh, through seven, God clearly talks to the Assyrians and says, Asher Shevet Api, Asher Assyria, you are the staff which I chose to allow. I allowed the Israelites under your hand to oppress them. However. All I wanted was for you to attack, to take over, to be in charge. However, but they, the Assyrians, it says in verse 7, He didn't want to just become the overlord over Judah, but rather, He wanted to destroy, he wanted to make suffer. So the Assyrians plowed down on the people of Israel much, much, much more than they were asked to. If we look back at chapter 5, um, Verse 5, how uh, we see um, a similar idea where um, uh, where where God that was after the the um, the song of the vineyard where God compared the Jewish people to a vineyard and he said that you got, instead of giving me uh, of, of the, the the trust and faith that you should have and instead of setting up a nation that was just and righteous, Right, you didn't, and 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 you set up a nation that of 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 vice and oppression, 
And what did God say he was going to do as a punishment? He said, What am I going to do to my vineyard? I'm going to take down my protection from the vineyard. And then it will become destroyed by the people out. I'm just going to take the fence down. God didn't say that he was going to tell everyone to come and destroy it. That was what they decided on their own to do. If we look at chapter 9, Parakhtes, um, um we see a similar idea. Parakhtes, verses 2 to 3. Um, In, in verses 3, yes, the stick of the one who is oppressing him, comparing the Midianites and saying how they struck the Israelites. So in other words, again, it was their choice. If we look at chapter 47, coming a lot closer to where we are now, much farther in the book, um, I think this is a, a crucial idea. Remember, I'm just picking examples just to display the idea that God made it clear that it wasn't, um, that it wasn't, and here at 47.6 is where God lays it out really, really clear. He says, I got angry at my nation. I allowed my, my portion, my people, Israel, to, to become profane. God is speaking to the, the nations of the world. And I put them in your hand. I allowed them to be placed in exile in your hand. However, lo samto lohem rachamim. You chose not to give them mercy. Also came on the elderly. You made much stronger, much heavier the yoke of oppression. Much ma'od, much more than I asked. And so on. You didn't care about this. You didn't care about what the consequences of that punishment you were going to place upon them. So this presents the first idea. The first idea, and that is, is that God allowed the nations to oppress, but the nations themselves chose to oppress much more. Now let's see number, idea number two. The second idea was that the nations will be ultimately punished for the suffering that they meted out against the people of Israel. Now there are so, so many examples it was hard for me to pick which ones, but let me go through a bunch of them. First, let's look at chapter 10, verse 12, where, where it says, I'm going to punish the king of Assyria. Right? Um, because he said that it was me that did all of this. He took all the credit for himself. I'm going to punish him. Um, and if we keep looking on, right, that that the lights of Israel will be like a flame that he will get that because he will get punished because of the way he treated Israel, um, and then it continues, no longer will they be under the people of Israel be under the oppression of the Assyrians. So it demonstrates here very clearly that the Assyrians will be punished for those deeds that they did. If we look at chapter 13, verse 3, this is another really important one. Over here, 
God is talking to the Babylonians. He says, I need to vesi limukudashoi kam karasi giborayli api alizegavosi. That 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 I commanded those that were holy to me, right? And and this is that they should bring the message to Babylon. It's important if you if you have a chance to go back and listen to our podcast on verse thirteen. And that continues that theme continues all the way through fourteen one. Chapter 14, you know, I'm not going to read the whole chapter 13 here, but it says that eventually the Babylonians will suffer. Why? Because God will have mercy on the people of Jacob. Again, that same idea that the Babylonians will be punished because of the way they treated Jacob. Then if we look at chapter 15, verse 32, here God was talking to the nations of Moab. And over here, God talks about the punishments that's going to be um, meted out against the people of Moab. Um, I'm quickly going to turn to I'm sorry, that was a mistake. I must have copied down the wrong verse. But let me move on to 16.1, which where we have, um, uh, we're still discussing Moab there. Shilchu kar, Moshel Eretz Miselav. When God says, what, what should Moab do to redeem themselves? They should once again become friendly with Israel. They should once again bring tribute to the kings of Israel. Shilchu kar, Moshel Eretz Miselav, Midbarael Harbastion. Bring Bring back tribute to, to Zion. Make peace with the people of Israel. Again, the punishment of Moab coming because they refused to make peace with Israel. If we go to 17, verse 3, um, uh, 17, verse 3, this is talking about Damascus, the Syrians. That that in order in the honor of the people of Israel, God is going to punish the people of of Damascus. If we go to chapter nineteen, I mean this goes on and on and on over and over and over again. God addresses the other nations and says what's ultimately going to happen because of the way they decided to treat um, the people of Israel. If we look, I'm going to skip a couple that I have written down here, just because I think I've already made my point. But there's a few. Um, then I want to pick up closer to the end, closer to chapter 53. In 41 verse 12, I'm going to punish those people that, that, that oppress you, God says, all of those nations. And when you're going to look for them, you won't be able to find them because I will destroy them. Those who waged war against you will be like nothing. They're the ones that will be embarrassed and ashamed at the end. Because I am God and so on. Um, 41, 16. I'm going to get rid of them. And you are going to rejoice in God. And then really quick, one more, 47. um, Verse 6. Hazolim... Sorry, 47 verse 6. 
Well, which we kind of just read last time that I, I'm going to be katsafti alami chilalti nachalasi that name biyadcha. I'm going to place them back under you, those people that are making you suffer. So again, the nations are going to suffer in the future because of what they chose to make punish. The idea number three was God made it very, very clear that the reason why He's punishing the Jewish people is not because of anything other than their own sins. I'm just we're going to go back all the way back to chapter 1 straight up in the beginning verses 4 to 5. Um you are a nation of sinners am kevet avon zera mereim and so on. Ametuku od why is it that you're going to be punishment because otosifu sara because you continue to to neglect me you continue to rebel against me. I can go on and on and on, but over and over and over again, God makes it clear. I just want to come, I'm going to skip a bunch of them just in, for the sake of time. But in chapter 42, verse 24, getting a little closer to where we are right now, um, God makes it very clear. Who is it that gave over Jacob and Israel to, to her oppressors? Hello, Adonai. It is God. God gave them over because we have sinned to Him. We did not go in His ways. So we went on and they did not listen to His Torah. That's why That's why God uh, uh, made them suffer. And then in chapter 43, and I'll stop with this one uh, for, for this idea, chapter 43, verse 24, we have the same idea laid out very, very clearly. Why is it that the people are suffering? Because of your sins, that's why I punished you. So that's idea number three, that it, the people are suffering for their own sins. Idea number four, that in the time of redemption, what's going to happen? God is going to take those nations who are humble, those nations who are willing to recognize God, and bring them close. The entire world, whoever is ready to recognize God. If we go all the way back to chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, we again have this idea very clearly written out. Many, many nations will come and say, let's go up to the mountain of God, let's go listen to the God of Israel, which again is the idea, which is actually uh, category number eight, which I'm going to get to soon, that it's Israel that brings that message. And the nations will bleed their swords into plowshares and so on. That's going to be the ultimate redemption. And then if we look in chapter 10, Yeshayahu made this very clear again in chapter 10, verses 20. Let's uh, just turn to there for a moment. What is it going to happen? In that day in the future, they will no longer have to be under the those that are striking them. And Vinishanda will rely on God. And if you continue reading through over there to verse 33, Hinei, God will humble the the arrogant nations, and He will uplift the the um the the nations that are um, that are humble. And that's when chapter eleven happens, when the Messiah comes, and so on. Reading all of those verses, especially one through nine, um, where God says, "The low." The entire world will be full of knowledge, everyone, all the nations. And then again in chapter in verse 10, He will stand as a sign to all of the nations. All of the nations will come 
because Israel is bringing that message to the world. In other words, the humble will be uplifted and the arrogant nations will be brought down. Um, which which I, the supports that I just said support I, the idea number five. that in the Four was that in the future, the arrogant will be punished, right? And the humble will be uplifted. And number five is the idea that um, that those that are humble will be internalizing the message of God. And I'll just bring one or two proofs for that. 43 verse 9, where Isaiah makes it very clear and says, um, uh, All the nations will gather together. They will all become righteous. They will all say the truth and so on. Then, there's the idea number six, which I am going to um, say that one of the things that the nations of the world are going to struggle with and have been struggling with all the time is that if this is true, that the Jews, that the Jewish people, that the people of Israel were suffering so, but they didn't deserve it. In other words, they were sent because of their own sins. However, God allowed the oppressors to oppress much more than they deserved. This is a concept that it's very difficult for them to comprehend. Because if you think about justice, you think about everything should happen the way it should happen. People should get punished only like they deserve. It shouldn't be okay for us to be able to oppress them. This is a concept which completely confused uh, the, the nations of the world. Like I said earlier, um, this is what I believe was the confrontation between Yeshayahu and the people of Edom when they asked Shomer Mami Lailo, Shomer Mami Lailo, if God is a guardian, where is he in the times of darkness? And Isaiah told them, it's okay to ask those questions, but know that those answers you will never have. And if we'll see, we see there's many, many other places where Yeshayahu makes reference to this, to the fact that the nations have found it difficult to accept. I'm just going to bring you a few. If we look at chapter 40 to 14, at me no atzveyevineu. Um, how can I teach the ways of justice? How do we teach? That the nations are, are, you know, are treated in ways that we don't understand. How can we teach the nations these ways. It's just describing this confrontation between Isaiah and the prophet and the message of God and the people who are constantly asking, then why did they suffer so? Why does this one suffer so? Ask questions that they simply don't have answers to. In that same chapter 40, um, look at verse 27, um, why should Jacob say, Why is it that Jacob doesn't understand? Jacob should understand. Do you not know? Right? Don't you know? In other words, the Jewish people are supposed to know. This That whole chapter 40 is emphasizing this idea. The Jewish people are supposed to know and understand. Not that they know and understand the reasons of God, but they know and understand that they have to be, as that chapter ends, they have to be able to hope in God, even though they don't know and don't understand the answer. But the nations find that very difficult to understand. We see that again in 41 verse 20. Um, um, I just want to read that to you. Uh, 
um, that in the future, Laman Yiru, Viedu, Viasimu, Viaskilu, Yachtav, so that in the future everyone will know and understand Kiyara So this is all from God, even though until now we did not understand, we didn't get it, Ukidosh Yisrael and so on. Um, I, I would like to point attention to just one or two more places. Um, let's look to 45, verse 9, and, and I think I'll leave it at that. It's talking about you're coming to your Creator. Can you approach the Creator? Can the can the clay approach the Creator and say, "Why are you building me?" Can the person go to his father and or uh, and say, "You know, why did you give birth to me? Why did you bring me into this world?" These are questions we cannot ask of our Creator. So that's the idea of idea number six. That the, this confrontation where the people don't understand, it never made any sense. Why was it that these people are suffering? Why was it that these people are suffering? So why is it that I'm allowed to? It must be I'm allowed to oppress them because they're supposed to be oppressed. Um, and then I would like to refer to um, this one. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read you everything. But just I'm just going to emphasize that repeatedly over and over again, I don't know how many times, but at least 40 or 50 times throughout this entire book, God has referred to the people of Israel as Avdi, my servant Yaakov, in a singular language. Avdi, my servant. Avdi, my servant Jacob. Avdi, my servant Israel. Uh, And choosing them as my servant. God has used that language repeatedly over and over and over again to the extent that that is the definition of Avdi in the entire book, is my people. And then, of course, the idea that the bearers of the message of redemption to the world will be the people of Israel. And I have like a list of 50 references, but in order to stop belaboring you with so many references, just remember Nasatiha Or Goyim, which we stated, which language that Isaiah has already used twice to tell us that the purpose of the people of Israel is to bring this message to be a light unto the nations, to bring the message of justice and righteousness, to bring the message an idea that we don't understand the ways of God, but despite that, we still have to hope for Him, and we have to remember that ultimately redemption will come. So these are the eight ideas that are absolutely necessary and essential to understand that Ishayahu has been teaching us in order for us to approach chapter 53 and learn and understand it. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to studying chapter 53, which we are about to do.